Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, Ben, please stop eating chips. We got a show to do. Oh, it's so good, man. You put a little cheese and avocado on it. Oh, what kind of chips are they? Just like tortilla chips? Uh, no, they're like rye. You know, I don't know what they're called. Melba toast or something. By the way. Melba toast. Not to change the subject or anything, but uh, folks, if you could see young Dr. D right now, he shaved <laughs> that beard. He's got a mustache. I'm like, is that Burt Rattles? Is that a young Burt Rattles producing my show now? No, just tell me. You what? Just me. <laughs> I tell you what. He's looking good, ladies and gentlemen. He's yeah. looking. The only guy in the in the country. Who's looking better at the uh, in the middle of the pandemic than he was at the start of the pandemic? The young doctor from Alton, Illinois, Doctor D. Man, that was so nice. Thank you so much. Yes, I have a mustache only. You look good, dude. I look like the Pringles guy. All right, your Ben Jarofsky show for <laughs> wait, who do you look like? The Pringles guy. Oh, the guy in the commercial. <laughs> Your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, January 14th is moments away. But before we do this, we need to thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago Federation of Labor are also sponsors as well as couldn't do it without the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe. All right. You have a song of the day, Ben. Uh-oh. You have two songs of the day, but I really want to hear Frank's request. I'm sorry, Kathy. Uh, I mean, I say I do, but do I? I don't know. Wait, uh, what was Kathy's request? Highway to Hell. Oh, I, we we used to do that song. Highway <laughs> to Hell. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, for 10 trillion points, name the group. Oh, come on. ACDC. That's Very it. good. So did you ever see that video of, like, the stadium filled with people doing Highway to Hell? Yeah. It's pretty, I, it, no, come on. Don't act like, yep, yeah, I saw that, of course. Yeah. I've seen it before. The world. <laughs> it's a pretty cool video, anyway. Anyway, what's Frank's request? Oh, two. All right. Uh, freeway of Love by Aretha Franklin. We're looking on the freeway. And then, uh, isn't that the one where uh, uh, the sax player Clarence comes in? That's the saxophone. Clarence? <laughs> Ah, uh, forget it. It's a Bruce Springsteen reference. You wouldn't get it. You uh, should have. Who's the sax player for Jimmy Buffett? Then you would understand. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Thursday, January 14th. What's so funny? I can't. You just look like 20 years young. You look like a kid. And live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're Wait, that's not the intro yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Stay on the program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just edit that out for the podcast. President of the Chicago Principals Association, Troy LaRavier. <laughs> and now your host, and I'm surprised that's never happened before. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Dennis. Looks like he's 16 Thursday, and here's why. No, that's not really what we're going to edit that out on the podcast, right? Uh, We're calling this Cancel Culture Thursday, and here's why. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have a bit of a confession to make. I was all set to open with a screed about the unabashed hypocrisy of Republicans who claim they're being canceled while they're on a national stage complaining of being canceled, begging the question, uh, how are you going to say your TV show has been canceled when you're still running on primetime TV? Excellent question. I was going to ask that question. 
But then I opened my Tribune and saw that Rex Hupke, columnist, columnist Rex Hupke, wrote about the same thing. And as Alec Jones might say, damn you, Hupke. It was old Rex Hupke. It had entered my brain last night when I was thinking about what I was going to say. And just think about that for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Rex Hupke rummaging around my brain. Oh, my God, he says. Here's a box filled with tapes of Bulls playoffs games from the 1990s. And here's the greatest hits of Jay and the Techniques. Apples, peaches, pumpkin pie. And why is there a Raquel Welch poster on the wall? Anyway, enough with the speculation about what's in my brain. But it's true. Reading Rex Hupke right about the exact same thing I was going to write about left me with two options. One, I could pretend that Rex Hupke never wrote it. It's an old journalistic trick. Just pretend that the thought was yours and yours alone and like the rest of the world does not exist. By the way, this is the second time this has happened with me in a Tribune columnist. If you recall, Eric Zorn did the same thing on another issue, which I can't remember a while back. And I just remember saying, damn you, Zorn, as Alex Jones might say. My second option is I can embrace it, go with it. So I'll go with option two. It'd be like Mayor LaGuardia reading the funnies during the Depression. And then little orphan Annie said, Daddy, Warbucks. But in this case, I'll be reading Rex Hupke. It's pretty funny stuff, this Rex Hupke wrote. He presents this guy calling technical support to complain that he recently... <laughs> sorry, it's pretty funny. He recently subscribed to cancel culture, but none of the people he asked to be canceled show any signs of being canceled. Damn, it's pretty clever. Why didn't I think of that, D? You know why? Because I'm spending too much time watching old Bulls games from the 1990s. That's why. I mean, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Burt Reynolds, I loved you. I loved you. In Deliverance, you were unbelievable. In Del- oh, no, that's not Burt Reynolds. That's Dennis. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, the guy looks like he's 16. Can I just say, <laughs> we're carding you. All right. Me with the mustache threw you off your game there a bit there on that intro, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I can't lie, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He's doing weird things now. Looks like a young porn star. Not an old porn star. (laughs) It's not what I'm going for. (laughs) No, man. It just threw me off. It's true. Dude, what if I just, like, you turned on the camera and, and I had a full beard, and you'd be like, whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? I know. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, it's Rex Hupke. Man, that's hard to say, like, ten times, Rex Hupke, Rex Hupke, Rex Hupke, Rex Hupke. Hey, you did it. Didn't sound that hard. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dennis, I'm a professional at this. I don't know if you know this, but I've been in the game of radio for four years now. <laughs> All right. Yes. Leave. Go. Where was I? Oh, yes. Rex Hupke. Great column. It's pretty funny. He uh, he starts off with among the many Republicans complaining about being canceled is Jim Jordan, uh, a congressman from Ohio and quoting uh, Hupke. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh. It's crazy, right? He's literally saying only one side is talking. He's literally saying only one side is able to talk while he is talking. That is true. I feel the same way, man. The dude's up there going, only one side is able to talk. Well, how is it that you're talking if only one side is able to talk? <laughs> it's, I agree with you, Hupke. It's so true. And then the other one, oh, my God, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I want to shout out to Frank. Frank, thank you for sending me. Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene is the uh, congresswoman uh, from Georgia, uh, the QAnon supporter. And already she's introduced measures or either introduced them literally or talking about introducing uh, <laughs> impeachment to impeach Joe Biden. The guy hasn't even been sworn in yet. She wants to impeach him. Uh, two can play at this game. I'm going to be clever. Why don't you just, uh, hey, I'll tell you what. Let's cut a deal, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'll, I'll, I'll like, take seriously your effort to impeach Joe Biden even before he's been sworn into office. If you vote to impeach Donnie, how about that? Oh, wait, you already didn't vote to impeach him. Uh, forget about it. Forget about it. Anyway, Marjorie Taylor Greene, quote, 
uh, from Georgia, the wackadoodle QAnon conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I can see her, see her clear as a bell. This is Rex Hupke writing. And get this, she's wearing a mask with the word censored on it. I know, right? She's blathering about something live on national te- television, but she thinks she's been censored. Yeah, I saw that too. I thought the same damn thing. She's got the censored. Like nobody has ever censored a Republican from saying anything. I'm trying to think, has a Republican ever been? No, because Donald Trump has been saying the craziest, most fantastical, made up BS for six years. He got elected president of the United States on it. He's arguably still, I'd say, the second most powerful man in this country. He's got what, 40% of the Republican Party ready to go off a cliff for him. But somehow or other, they're crying about being censored. Anyway, one, well, one more. This one's pretty good. I, one more I'll give from uh, Rex Hupke. Uh, it's Republican Representative Glenn Grothman from Wisconsin. This dude is so white, he makes Wonder Bread look like Pumpernickel. That's a pretty funny line. Although, who am I to say? Since I started doing uh, this show with a camera, I realized I may be the whitest, <laughs> the whitest man in America. Uh, I don't know. Dennis without the beard is right there with me. Um <clears throat> <laughs> All right, back to a uh, hockey. Can I hear Rec, uh, Glenn Grothman? I sure can. Listen to this. He's making excuses for the domestic terrorists who stormed the U.S. Capitol. Quote, they're scared to death that nobody else would will fight the cancel culture as we head toward an era when some things can't be said. Wow. I mean, that quote is really, it's bonkers, right? It's like white privilege had a baby with entitlement and sent it to the university of zero consequences. It's very true. Very on target. That's the thing about Republicans, ladies and gentlemen. They always feel like they're the victims. Always feel like they're uh, being picked on. And mostly they're just reciting from the same old playbook. It's like Jimmy Durkin down in Springfield the leader of the Republicans uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, DuPage County's own, Jim Durkin. And uh, we'll get to him a little later, uh, I think, when we get to the news. Uh, but uh, he's still <laughs> he's still going on, Jimmy Durkin, about Mad Dog, Michael Joseph Vatican. Michael Joseph Vatican, of course, uh, was ousted as speaker. Uh, and uh, But that hasn't stopped Jimmy Durkin from going on and on about Mad Dog. You know what I'm thinking about, D, if anybody should be complaining about being canceled, it's Michael Joseph Madigan, as in, he was canceled. But no one's defending him. I don't see uh, Jim Jordan with a Michael Joseph Madigan t-shirt on. I don't see uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene with a Michael Joseph Madigan face mask. Do you see that, D? Uh-uh. You know what? Where I was, Where was I on that whole bus thing? I think... Now that everybody's thrown Madigan under the bus, I'm going to get off the bus and be with Madigan. The bus bit's over. We left you, dude. We're long gone, pal. We can't do the bus routine anymore. Damn it. (laughs) Anyway, Republicans invested a lot of time and energy in getting other Republicans to see themselves as the underdog. They see themselves as defenders of liberty who are being canceled by the mob, even though the only liberty they've ever defended is one for themselves, and the only mob of any consequence is the MAGA one that assaulted the Capitol on behalf of Donnie Trump. Come on, MAGA, time to cancel, cancel, culture, refrain, and come up with something new. We got a great show today, today everybody. Woo! Uh, our guests will be Dennis's mustache and okay. <laughs> never Sorry, shaving guys. again. <laughs> no, dude, I like it. I like the look. Uh, and Troy Robier, who's president of the Principals Association. Yes, Troy will be here uh, at two o'clock. Let's hope all the technical aspects work out well. I don't know why they wouldn't. Don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah, don't jinx it. Uh, and if Troy can't make it for the because the technical aspects, well, why are we even uh, assuming this is going to happen? It works fine Dennis every I, day. Dennis and I will sing a song. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Plenty of political discussion ahead with Troy LaRavier. Before we get to that, the young man from Alton, the man they call Dr. D, with the news. Hey, guys. Oh, and Ben, if you bring up my mustache one more time, 
don't ask me for shit for the next three months, all right? I'm, I've been canceled. All mustache talk has been canceled. Officially canceled. I'm sorry, Burt Reynolds. Go ahead. I mean, Dennis, go ahead. <laughs> Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Chicago and we begin once again with our coverage on Chicago schools in the year 2021. Remember, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her Chicago public schools team want students and teachers to return to the classroom. And no, you haven't missed any breaking news. Still living in a pandemic. The Chicago Teachers Union, they're encouraging their teachers to not return until CPS can promise to provide a safer work environment. Teachers who have refused to return have been kicked off their online remote learning account. And here we are to today's news. And the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times in Dear Issa. A second staff member at McCutcheon Elementary has tested positive for the coronavirus days after a colleague tested positive Friday. A cluster of COVID-19 cases at an uptown elementary school has forced eight people, including the principal and assistant principal, into quarantine during the first week that students are back in classrooms since March. A second staff member at McCutcheon Elementary has tested positive for the coronavirus after a colleague tested positive Friday. The school's two cases were confirmed well within a 14-day period and, quote, could potentially be related, meeting the criteria for a cluster. A CPS spokeswoman said in a statement that while the districts cannot rule out the possibility that these cases were acquired in the community outside of school, officials officials also, quote, cannot rule out the possibility of in-school transmission. The acknowledgement is notable because this appears to be the first case district-wide that CPS representatives are suggesting may have been transmitted in a school. Oh, my goodness. Where to start with this one? Uh, I'm just telling you guys this. C- uh, CPS spokespeople, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Janice Jackson, oh, and all your friends and supporters, you're starting to sound a little like uh, MAGA when it came to Herman Cain. I'm just saying, guys. I'm, I, I, we, Dennis and I have been talking about the COVID now since March. So we've had a lot of practice, a lot of news items about the COVID. Uh all of a sudden, I'm calling it the COVID. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The COVID. Sound like my uncle or something. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, uh, we'll take care of that on the uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so you're starting to sound like Republicans. That's how Republicans do. Like Herman Cain came down uh, with COVID 19 and ended up dying. Uh, after he was uh, at that, uh, God, that ill-fated, disastrous Donald Trump rally in Tulsa. Remember that one? And um, so uh, after, in the aftermath, you know, and let me remind you that Herman Cain was not wearing a mask at that uh, rally. And in the aftermath, all the Republicans say, we don't know if he got it at that rally. Stop blaming the rally. Instead of like thinking to themselves, you know, my dear friend Herman Cain died. Might be a good idea to rethink our whole cavalier attitude toward the pandemic, our whole hostile attitude toward masks, which still exists. All the Congress people during uh, last week's insurrection went into hiding with the Democrats. All those Republican Congress people wouldn't wear masks. <laughs> and now what? Three or four Republicans come down, uh, excuse me, three or four representatives have come down with COVID. Think there's a connection? Maybe. Now here we are in the city of Chicago. And for whatever reason, well, I think I know the reason. It's a political one. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Janice Jackson have insisted that the teachers get back in that school and those kids get back in that school, regardless of the pandemic. So now there's, you know, seems like there's like a um, outbreak at this one school. And what are you doing? You're you're reading from the book of MAGA. Well, you know, we can't say for certain that these uh, teachers uh, contracted the disease from uh, being in the school. (laughs) You know, it's a very complicated situation. They could have gotten anywhere. All all over the map on this one. Lori Lightfoot and Janice Jackson, all over the map. And vaccines are supposedly just around the corner. You couldn't just wait. Couldn't just wait till the teachers got the vaccine. No, got to teach a lesson to that Chicago Teachers Union. Got to let them know what it's all about. And this thing where they lock out teachers. I'll say it one more time. 
By the way, Dee, I bumped into an old friend of the show who will be returning, uh, my dear friend, uh, Sam Holloway. Oh, and nice. Yeah, Sam's a great guy. He's one of my uh, leftiest friends. Uh, <laughs> see, right, right wing and centrist, they don't realize like what a real lefty is. I've, I've noticed this. You know what I mean? Like They think like liberals are lefties. I'm like, um, obviously, you've not been around a lot of lefties in your life. Anyway, uh, Sam, a dear friend, is probably the most radical guy I know. And true to form, he told me, yes, he did not vote for Joe Biden in this election. <laughs> Got to give him credit, D, okay? His freak flag is still flying. He's going to come back on the show. Cool. Uh, and uh, so I just said, Sam, what's your thoughts on reopening the schools? We were, yeah, it was late at night. I was walking. He was walking his dog. We were socially distanced. He just want you to know that, okay? We're like 15 feet apart. And he goes, it's clearly a ploy uh, to bust the Chicago Teachers Union. And I was like, yes, the sky's opened up. It was like a moment where great minds think alike. Sam Holloway, you're so right. It's clearly a ploy to bust the Teachers Union. Why else would you proclaim that the reason you're opening the schools is to make sure that children get the education they need and then in the same maneuver block teachers who are not reporting back to school from access to their children so there's not all the kids are in the classroom some are doing remote learning but to teach those dastardly teachers who won't go into classroom a lesson board of education lori lightfoot Janice Jackson will not allow them access to the computers they need to do, to lead the remote learning. Uh, that'll show those teachers. And what about the kids? Oh, well, the hell with the kids. The kids need to realize that they're tools and a greater, a greater mission. And that mission is destroy the teachers union. So that's what's going on, D. You know it as well as I do. And Sam Holloway, he saw it. We're going to bring Sam Holloway back to the show in about a week or so. And I'm glad we got Sam Holloway on at this time. Uh, I've learned uh, when you have him on, I don't know, during an election, a lot of people aren't that happy with him. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Remember, was that back at the the radio station in the old days? WCU later. Yeah, WCU later. And uh, Sam came on. Man, were they mad at me? (laughs) You know, we were doing a list the other day. I think it was uh, Mark Sims. The reason Ben got fired. I think Sam might be uh, somewhere on that list. Oh, there you go. Let him tell him that. Tell him that. (laughs) Oh, I tell him that all the time. (laughs) I love the man dearly. Yo, Sam, you're the reason I got fired. He goes, ah, Ben, you didn't need that job. Let's just say uh, he doesn't vote blue no matter who, you know. I don't think he ever votes blue. Uh, but uh, no, he's a real, true blue uh, radical. Not a whole lot of them in this country. and uh, But he saw right through it. He's a really wise man. I don't agree with him on every single issue, and he knows it. But he's a really smart guy. He saw right through it. He's going to block teachers' access to remote learning. The only possible objective to that is to crush that union. Oh, you think you're so big, big shot, huh? Well, we'll show you who runs this city. Get back in that classroom. And hey, you know, I know it's not uh, the popular thing to do when you're an elected leader, but uh, I don't know. We all make mistakes. Maybe we could just admit this was kind of a bad idea, right? <laughs> right? I'm, you know, D, but you know what, Mayor Lightfoot, you admitted it took a couple days uh, that maybe the city hadn't handled the uh, Anjanette Young police raid. Yeah, maybe hadn't handled that one all that well. Next thing you know, you're, uh, you said you weren't going to talk about it. Then all of a sudden you couldn't stop talking about it. Uh, at first you said there was no reason to apologize. And then you were apologizing. Why don't you do the same thing with the teachers union? You know, just go, you know what? Uh, maybe it wasn't the greatest idea. Blame it on. Hey, you know how you blamed Anjanette Young and the lawyer? The guy. <laughs> What's old boy's name? Flesner? Just find someone at City Hall to blame this on. Just find some doctor. I didn't want to do it, but this doctor. This, oh my God, what terrible advice this doctor gave me. You are fired, doctor. I am taking your car. And everybody be like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, not the Tribune. The Tribune is like foaming at the mouth. Look at that teacher's union. They hate the teacher's union. Don't understand that. No, go ahead. No, Rotter in Florida. Yeah. Hey, Lori. Uh, uh, Come uh, 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 uh. 
<laughs> it's that part of the Republican Party that unites with the centrist part of the Democratic Party in their hatred of the Chicago Teachers Union. Oh, go Gators. <laughs> Think Rodgers rooting for the Gators since he moved down to Florida? Oh, you're damn skippy. You damn skippy. Yeah, that's what Mustache Dennis says. Okay. Hey, wait a minute. I thought we're not supposed to make any references to that mustache. <laughs> Did anyone ever tell you to look a little like Clark Gable from Gone with the Wind? Just say it with that new mustache. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Today, the mayor was at Daily College at 9.15 a.m. for an update on COVID-19. I will try to provide updates on that after our interview with Troy LaRavier, if or when they become available. When I was a kid, I loved the Batman TV show. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> Wait, what, what was that about? I can't. I, why was she saying that? Uh, the Census Cowboy was coming to town. and Oh, my God. Reminded her of Batman, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You're a good kid. Good memory. Good All right. Now let's go statewide. President Trump, the first to be impeached twice and only in one term. Congratulations. <laughs> right now, in my mustached face, I have quotes from a handful of our elected leaders here in Illinois. Elected leaders from both sides of the aisle with their thoughts and comments on impeachment number two, just one week away from his exit. And, you know, to save us all some time, let's be honest, we could sum up the Democrats' reaction in one word. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So we're only going to read the comments from our elected leaders of the conservative persuasion for this. And to save us even more time, because their statements are so damn long, I will only read the last paragraph. And with that, we only have two quotes to read, Ben. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to this. I know sarcasm when I hear it. First up, first up, it's Republican Representative Rodney Davis. Rodney Davis said on Trump's second impeachment, quote, our nation needs sober minded leaders who will soothe a wounded electorate. President elect Biden has missed an opportunity to act on his promise of unifying the country by calling for calm and pledging to listen to those who feel so ignored by our elected leaders. He was he is now the face of his party and will be the legitimately elected leader of our country in a matter of days. I stand ready to work with president elect Biden on solutions to the many problems our country faces. We should all wish president Biden success for when he succeeds, our nation succeeds. Wow. What a bunch of BS. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling you're going to say that. I mean, really, Rodney Davis, what a, where was all that call for sober headed leadership or whatever he said when Donnie Trump was like a raging drunk, six years of making up stuff, putting it out on Twitter, no matter, no matter had not a grain of truth in it, saying Barack Obama was born in Kenya when he was born in Hawaii. Trashing John McCain. I mean, you know the whole laundry list. Where were you, Rodney Davis? <laughs> I'm scared. Maga loves this guy. Now, so, now suddenly, your boy, Donnie Trump, incites a bunch of MAGA hat wearers into ransacking the Capitol. And yes, it's an impeachable act. We all know that. But you're so afraid of MAGA that you don't want to vote to impeach. So what you do, what do you do? You blame it on Biden. <laughs> What, what did Biden do? Biden's, Biden didn't tell the crowd to go ransack the Capitol. Biden didn't tell Donnie Trump to rile up the crowd. And by the way, the stuff that Trump did, the horrendous stuff, impeachable acts didn't start with riling up the mob. For the last, how long has it been, D? Two months? Donald Trump has been... Uh, Broadcasting this lie that the election was stolen from him. Broadcasting a lie that there's some kind, this huge conspiracy to deny him his victory. And by the way, Rodney Davis, Madigan, Michael Joseph Madigan never did anything remotely boss-like as Donald Trump calling election officials in Michigan and Georgia and summoning them to the White House legislators from Michigan to try to twist their arms into overturning the sober, to use your word, 
<laughs> the sober count of all the officials in all these states. All they did was count the results, proving what we knew already. Everybody knew that Joe Biden was going to trounce Trump. We all knew that. All the Republican operatives knew that. They knew that Donald Trump, he didn't win the last election. He lost it to Hillary Clinton, popular vote I'm talking about. He done nothing in four years to bring Hillary voters over to his side. If, if anything, he had alienated them. He concentrated on the base that elected him. He did that from the moment he was sworn in to the moment he incited that riot. So everybody knew that he was never going to win the popular majority. The only issue was with this crazy electoral college, could he win enough states to get, quote unquote, reelected? Well, it's pretty obvious he didn't. You knew that. You went along with it. And now you're still going along with it. And you're now preaching unity. Wow. That is something else. Preaching unity after you were part of the team that would was doing everything it could to destroy any notion of unity for the last four or five years. So that is pretty hypocritical of Ronnie Davis, to say the least. Man, dude, just just say, if you were honest and you said, you know what? Majority of the people in my district are MAGA hat wearing Donald Trump cultists, and it's the end of my career if I uh, vote against to defy them. So, guys, I got to go with the mob. Sorry, I want to get reelected. I could kind of appreciate that. It would be honest, at least. So you're saying don't book Rodney Davis for the show <laughs> to talk. Wait. <laughs> Left-leaning uh, politics. Don't book him on the show. Yes. Okay. I mean, by the way, that's, that's, that's kind of funny, the notion that you would be the guy booking Rodney oh, Davis. You know, <laughs> yeah, Dennis be on the phone all night. I'm trying to book uh, the guest for tomorrow's show. No, I'm not going to be booking Rodney Davis anytime soon. Not, not going to do it, dude. All right. Up next, it's Republican Representative Darren. I miss you already, Donald Trump. And no, not Bailey. Darren LaHood. <laughs> oh, God. Darren LaHood's a little upset. I about LaHood. <laughs> As I stated last week, our Constitution is clear in laying out Congress's obligation to count and certify the Electoral College votes. I also believe our Constitution does not envision impeaching a president without an adequate investigation or hearings. Our democratic system is predicated on due process and a thorough review of the underlying facts and evidence. Congress has yet to even receive a full briefing by the appropriate federal authorities on the events that occurred surrounding the riots at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. I oppose impeachment. Pushing articles of impeachment days before the inauguration will only inflame and further divide our country. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, you know, this comment, uh, I mean, until he went back to the inflaming uh, bit, which is such a joke, because once again, uh, just like with Davis, I never recall. I don't recall Darren LaHood ever criticizing Donnie Trump for inflaming stuff. But the first part was classic, like when the Republicans get all lawyer like legally speaking you know, just being a learned legal scholar oh, which lawyer is that that you know anyone in particular <laughs> didn't sound like Coogan no, Chevy Coogan. no it's not JC come on now but they get all legal like lawyer like and just like you know like they've been up all night reading law by a candlelight like Abraham Lincoln just pouring over the law books well legally speaking I don't think I could do this as opposed to being afraid to, I don't know, LaHood, I think the evidence is pretty clear. Donna gave a speech, said, go to the Capitol, I'll lead you. And they all went to the Capitol. And they ransacked, uh, they ransacked the halls of Congress, sent all you guys scurrying to the basement where the Republican legislators could poison the Democratic legislators with COVID. So much for unity. Oh, there we go. Hey, LaHood, how about unity in what? Protecting one another from the virus. That would be a nice idea, wouldn't it? Anyway, I don't know. It seems pretty clear cut. All of a sudden, everybody is a defense lawyer. That's interesting. You know, <laughs> everybody's a defense lawyer. 
I'm sure Darren LaHood was uh, supporting Johnny Cochran when he was offering up his legal ideas about O.J. Simpson stuff. I bet you Darren LaHood, well, he's got a point there, you know, Ben. Uh, if the glove uh, don't fit, you must acquit. I'm sure Darren LaHood was saying that back in the 1990s, right, D? You know, but now he's LaHood for the defense. Yeah, I know. It's, it gets a little crazy. Hold, hold on, Mr. LaHood, one second. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so are you saying book Darren LaHood? I have him on the line here. Should we book him? Yeah, book him, Dano. Book him. Uh, All right, Mr. LaHood, we'll be talking soon. I have your email. Yes, uh, LaHood at Maga.com. <laughs> I'll talk to you. <laughs> so stupid. No, we're going to have a whole show next week. Uh, Darren LaHood will be on the show. Uh, Ronnie Davis will be on the show. And Phyllis, you know. <laughs> My, you know, Phyllis calls me every day. Ben, when can I come on the show? I yeah, want to talk about she does call times. you every day, and we hear it every day. She doesn't really call, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, just a joke. I could just, you know, just so everybody knows. <laughs> just had to make that clear. Okay, let's move on here. Next up, we're going to talk about Springfield wait, Phyllis. Get out of here. <laughs> Next up, let's talk about legal reefer. First update. Yes, it's still legal. Recreational cannabis brought in a billion dollars last year. Not going anywhere. No, this update is about that pesky process of obtaining recreational cannabis licenses in Illinois. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Rachel Hinton, and yes, he's back at it, people. Paging Tommy Two Joints. Paging Tommy Two Joints. It's reefer writer Tommy Two Joint Shuba. Happy New Year. <laughs> Hardest working journalist in the city of Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. Young Tommy Two Joints. <laughs> no smoking in the building. No smoking in the building. <laughs> the headline, which is right above a giant picture of our good friend and former senator Ricky Hollywood Hendon, the headline reads, Bill creating 75 more pot shops dies in Springfield. Yet another failure in bid to diversify white weed industry. A push to create 75 additional cannabis dispensary licenses fell short on Wednesday, further stymieing, love that word, further stymieing state lawmakers' lofty goal of diversifying Illinois' overwhelmingly, uh, Illinois's overwhelmingly white weed industry. Though state senators approved the measure earlier Wednesday, their counterparts in the House failed to call it for a vote before the lame duck session ended. State Representative LaShawn Ford, a Chicago Democrat who was part of a legislative working group that contemplated the additional licenses, said the bill fell flat because legislators, quote, failed at the art of compromise. He went on to say, quote, because of that, the state of Illinois continues to lock black people out of an emerging economy, said Ford, who previously said the state's social equity efforts have amounted to, quote, an epic failure. Ford said the major sticking point was the prospect of allowing existing medical dispensaries to relocate without losing their ability to sell recreational weed, something some major pot firms have long been pushing for. Industry insiders have estimated the state is missing out on roughly $100 million in tax revenues by blocking dispensaries from moving. Yeah. Well, uh, What can I say? Uh, this is one of our favorite themes on this show. Uh, Ricky Hendon was on talking about this not too long ago. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's really outrageous that the state of Illinois, which uh, legalized uh, recreational reefer, can't figure out a way uh, to cut black entrepreneurs in on the game. And it's a huge game. It's a big time game. Uh, it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Everybody's smoking reefer. We're just transferring something from an illicit economy to a quote unquote legal economy, which we can tax. Uh, and uh, there's no stopping it. The city of Chicago is already borrowing against future revenues. So they're spending the money before it even comes in. That's how much addicted we are to reefer, or at least to the proceeds of selling reefer. And it's so funny that uh, we've come this far. They're now essential workers. It was, what, seven or eight years ago? You couldn't find anybody uh, to endorse it. I think it's outrageous, D. I don't know. Part of, I, listening to this gobbledygook, 
So next, so like there's two, apparently there's two inequities as our legislators see it. One, the inequity that is hampering rich people from getting even richer. And two, it's the inequity uh, that is keeping black people out of this market. And somehow or other, in the minds of our legislators, those are equal inequities. I don't see it, but that's how they see it. So let's take a little while longer. <laughs> let's make sure rich, powerful corporate interests get a greater lock on the reefer game. I don't know, D. Uh-oh. I could get in trouble with this one, so I probably should shut up. Oh, yeah. Let's get Bezos in on this, too. You know, he needs some more money. Why not? Let's find a way to give him some money and some pot, you know? Be- yeah. Let's see. Let's ask it. Will Bezos get a reefer license before Ricky Hendon? I think so. Let's ask Ricky Hendon that. Uh, so, by the way, the picture of Ricky is looking very dapper. When is Ricky he not Hendon looking was- dapper? Well, in that video he did. Uh, well, where, uh, all right. <laughs> uh, but no, you're looking good, Ricky. And I'm with you 100% on this issue. All right. Well, we do have some breaking news. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. And Mitch the Dude, Dudek. <laughs> Hope you like that nickname. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot said today that she's seeking to reopen Chicago's bars and restaurants for indoor service as soon as possible. Mayor Lightfoot said, quote, if we look at the various criteria that the state has set, we are meeting most, if not all, of those. So that's a conversation that I will have with the governor. Easing restrictions on indoor service would provide a safer outlet for people to socialize and possibly cut down on underground parties where attendees do not social distance or wear masks, the mayor said. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker's office didn't immediately return a request for comment. We'll pause it there. Oh, man. I'm all over the map on this one. I don't go to bars. Look for Ben Drosky's next big podcast. I'm all over the map on this one, by the way. Coming soon, wherever you download Uh, podcasts. That's not true. I must amend what I just said back in the day. So it's been so long since I've done this. I'd go to many bars to watch Bulls games, but I'm not a big drinker, as Dennis knows. Uh, So it really hurts that the restaurants, the bars have been slammed so hard by the pandemic. I kind of share who was it that came on the show? D was talking about. human beings that they're going to, I forget who it was, but somebody very learned. I want to give them credit for it because it wasn't my idea, but uh, there's going to be like a, a, a renaissance like when the pandemic becomes controlled. Uh, when we get the vaccines, you're just going to see uh, people pouring out, going to clubs. You at Lollapalooza. <laughs> finally. So I, I feel for them. But I don't know, man. This pandemic going to a bar. I'm not doing it. That's for certain. I take this uh, pandemic very seriously. I think Lori Lightfoot is, you know, she's just sending out a message. She's supported uh, by uh, Sammy Toy, the restaurant industry. You know, those are her allies. Uh, She's and then they're, you know, they're watching. I'm sure they're saying, hey, Mayor Lightfoot, you open the schools. You force the teachers to go back. I mean, it's not like no borrow. I mean, I guess, I guess that's the equivalent of if she opens, allows bars and restaurants to be open, uh, bartenders would have to go back to work, you know, lose their jobs, what have you. So she's sort of setting the tone. So they're probably saying there, hey, if we can open schools, why can't we open bars and restaurants? So this is probably her way to look a little consistent. D, which I can appreciate. I you want to look a little consistent. Meanwhile, this pandemic's not going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. But let's just try to look a little consistent in the whole force teachers to go back to school thing by saying, yeah, we're thinking about. We're thinking about. We're not, it's not like we're going to do it next week or the week after that. It's not like she's going to uh, command every bar and restaurant, you must open. Well, we have one more day of the week left, my friend. (laughs) She she can go that. I can just see the the publicist, you know, the operatives. Mayor, you want to look consistent on this? I think you should say a little something about opening the bars and the restaurants so that you can go, look, 
You know, I tell you what, man, it's, it's my imagination or the people running the city of Chicago, like finding their inner MAGA. Have you noticed that, D? They're yeah. like, next thing you know, they'll be short. They won't be wearing masks. Yeah. Oh, who needs masks? It's exaggerated. Well, wait, Lori beat me to that punch. Remember she got the haircut without the mask? Remember that one? Sorry, D. It was a while back. Didn't mean to go there. That was a while back. That was actually uh, involved in our number one story. In our 10 gates of Illinois hell countdown. Mixed message gate. Mixed message gate. <laughs> well, we're still very much in the midst of mixed message gate. That's hard to say. We're still very much in the midst of mixed me- Wow. A lot of M's there, D. A lot of M's. Was a lot of M's in that one. All right. Uh, the piece goes on here to say Lightfoot also expressed frustration. This was this morning, by the way, during your COVID-19 update. Uh, Lightfoot also expressed frustration with the federal government for not providing Chicago with enough vaccine doses. With about 38,000 doses received last week, 32,000 this week, and 34,550 expected next week. The mayor said at that rate, Chicago won't be vaccinated for a year and a half, and that is completely unacceptable. Oh, well, but but still, we're going to open bars and restaurants. It's unacceptable that we haven't got the vaccines, but we're still opening bars and restaurants. And it's unacceptable we haven't got the vaccines, but get in that classroom, teachers. And if you get COVID, it's like, hey, who knows where you got it? You could have got it in a subway. You could have got it from that Thanksgiving dinner with grandma. What happened to the Lori Lightfoot and the grandma? Remember that the grandma commercials that she did with the other mayors? Yeah, that was right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, that, that was then. This is now. Now it's like party on. <laughs> pandemic? Schmandemic. <laughs> yeah, pandemic, schmandemic. All right. Uh, we, I think that's about all uh, for that story here. Uh, I'll try to provide more updates as it becomes available. It's just the right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. Of course, I'll give your love to, to Amy and Viv and Hank. All right. Love you, Mom. We'll talk on Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. That side gets to me every time, man. I feel it. It's great emotion. In retrospect, who is the more emotive mayor? The (laughs) mayor of Highland Park who said, eat frozen cake? <laughs> Mayor Lori Life with that sigh. Yeah, those days are over. Thank God the pandemic's over. Thank God it's we can send teachers back to the classroom. We can open bars and restaurants. I'm really happy, D. I must have missed that story, but apparently, you know, they got <laughs> City Hall's got better sources than I do. Oh, surprise, surprise. All right, now maybe to the top story happening in Illinois. And just like that, Emmanuel Chris Welsh became Speaker of the House in Illinois. The news broke during yesterday's show. Here's Welch after it was made official. As the Illinois General Assembly, it's important that we meet the challenges of this moment. How do we do that? How do we meet those challenges? We meet the challenge of the moment by being united, not divided. What are your hopes, Mr. Welch? I hope we can open a new chapter in this great state where we can work together to help families who have lost jobs, access to employment, heck, access to the unemployment office and healthcare. Okay, Chris Welch. Was it my imagination or was some Obama inflections going on there? I find myself doing that, as we all know, every now and then. I just can't help myself. Um, Uh, Dude, he sounded nervous as hell, and I would have been too. Like, uh, this is crazy. Um, I'm sure he's up for it. Uh, He's a master of the game. Had some of those inflections. I think if you're nervous, it's like a fallback. So if I'm nervous, I go, um, uh, Dennis has uh, got a good mustache, uh, kind of missed the beard, but he's looking pretty good. You know, you just you take your time, 
You think about what you're going to say. You smooth it out. There's a reason. Barack Obama is one of the greatest politicians I've ever seen. Anyway, uh, best of luck to Chris Welch. Tough job. It's right there. Tough job. I think the man uh, is the guy to do it. This was my advice uh, for a while ago. I, I, I don't know why it took him so long to figure this one out. Uh, boss, might be a good idea if you step down. Uh, give it to a trusted a- Here's the other thing. All these people are like, man, D, sometimes political writers are like sports writers. Just follow me on this one, D. Sports writers, whatever is in the news that day is what they'll it determines what they write. You know what I'm saying? The view. So it could, like, if, like, say, Mitch Trubisky has a great game. Like, ah, what a great quarterback. Look quick at his feet. Completely forgetting, like, a week ago when he had a bad game, the same columnist was trashing Trubisky. So it's the same thing with political writers. So political writers criticized Madigan. He didn't, uh, they, they were saying the same thing about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, he didn't leave a successor. There was nobody that he prepared for the job that was obviously going to succeed him. He didn't have like, what happened uh, to the farm team? You have to develop a farm team so you have a good bench and you go to your bench when you need it. So essentially, Chris Welch learned everything about the process of legislating from the maestro, Madigan. He was an ally of Madigan. And when he was the man Madigan turned to. Like he felt, okay, I could save face. I'll go to my loyalist who was with me until the very end, and I'll turn it over to him. And what happens when he does that? Oh my God, he's just turning it over to, to a loyalist. How's that new? Wait, which one is it going to be? You're going to criticize Mad Dog because he didn't have a loyalist that he prepared to succeed him? Or are you going to criticize him for turning it over to the loyalist that he prepared to succeed him? Anyway, Chris Welch, good luck. Good luck dealing with those dastardly Republicans. You're going to need it. And, you know, I can't tell, but you may have lost our non-sports fans when you started talking about farm teams. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, oh, I'm just so confused. Team today. of farmers? What are they doing? <laughs> so, we have a new speaker. Madigan's out. That is correct. Mission accomplished, right? <laughs> right, Illinois conservatives? <laughs> You know, the dude you've all been yelling about for decades. I'm sick of every year. We get power to one person. He's finally gone. So we're good now, right? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Shout out to Shia Kapos in Illinois Politico. She did a great job in covering this. Heads turned and some lawmakers booed when House Minority Leader Jim Durkin took his turn to speak uh, once Chris Welch uh, got the speaker gig and leveled anti-Medigan talking points. Durkin accused the longtime speaker, who remains head of the Illinois Democratic Party, of leaving a legacy that, quote, failed its citizens with unbalanced budgets, broken pension systems, tax increase after tax increase with nothing to show for it. The saying goes, if power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> Never heard that in my life. No, it's, it's an old saying. Uh, yeah. Not a good one. Uh, it's not memeable, you know what I mean? Uh, lawmakers from both sides of the aisle thought Durkin wasn't reading the room. Swearing in events are more about pageantry than politics. When Welch took questions from reporters, yes, it really is history in the making, because Madigan never really talked to reporters. He brushed off Durkin's vitriol, saying, quote, he's so conditioned right now to just fight and punch and do things like that. I hope he will see by my actions that this is a new day, a new opportunity to develop a new relationship in this space. It's hard to just flip the switch when you've just been doing something for so long. So I'll give him a pass today. Oh, well played, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> but will Durkin be able to let it go? The Madigan is the root of all evil storyline, is the crown jewel in the GOP message vault, and kind of was on the Benjarovsky show for about three months, and so much easier than criticizing the national head of their own party for feeding a toxic environment, Phyllis, that helped fuel chaotic and tragic events in Washington. Ah, oh, man. Shia, 
great job. She had capos. I read that today. I was like, yeah, that's a, what is it? Like everybody's in my brain. The lunatic is in the brain. And my phone's ringing, folks. I have no idea how to turn it off. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I'm going to, you know what? I can't ignore it. All right. I'm going to just deal with it. It's the elephant in the room. Answer it. Landline, which I, for some reason, the phone doesn't work. Follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen. Like if I were to answer it, I could not connect to the phone. And yet it still rings. Now, your first question is, well, Ben, why don't you disconnect the landline? Why don't you call AT&T and disconnect it? Because you're paying for a service that you're not getting. And I would say to that question, excellent question. I'm not going to blame it on my wife. Every night, who's going to call AT&T? And then every day, no one calls AT&T. My coworker for the last four years, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Now the phone is trying to leave a message. (laughs) Uh, But no, uh, Shia Kapos, excellent job. Uh, You really did. I just summed it all up. It's just the absurdity of it all. And uh, and, and that last point is a very good one uh, that Shia Kapos made about the... uh, the difference between Mad Dog and Donnie Trump and how they're leaving office. And let's just pause to think about this. Say what you will about Michael Joseph Madigan. I know many people out there despise the man. I, on the other hand, want to thank him for standing up to Rauner uh, for those four years. But he's left with much more dignity and class than Donald Trump. When Michael Madigan saw that the votes weren't there, he didn't try, he didn't claim cheating. He didn't say the other side was, was like stealing the election. He didn't say the process was rigged. He didn't say he had won when he lost. He essentially made a concession. I've lost. I can't get the 60 votes I need. I'm going to step aside until somebody else gets it. And it didn't take long until somebody else got it. And then when it was all over, he didn't give a speech uh, decrying his successor. He didn't go to the downtown Springfield and call all the Michael Madigan MAGA wearers, hat wearers to come in and ransack the state house. He allowed the, he allowed it all just to play out. Far classier than Donald Trump. Jim Durkin, you're rip, still ripping Madigan. Even though he's left the room, so to speak, not one word about Donnie. That's why I'm, I'm just, I cannot take it with the Republicans anymore. Michael Madigan, Kim Fox, oh my God, Smollettgate. Made such a big issue about Smollettgate. A triviality to compare to the stuff Donald Trump does in one day. Not one word about Donald Trump. So, yeah, Shia Kavos, that was an excellent point uh, that you made about Durkin. Durkin, you got to let it go, man. Got to let it go. And you should have been uh, conciliatory. You know, by the way, let's not forget that Jim Durkin had thrown his hat in the ring to be speaker. So on top of everything else, he's a bad sport. He lost. I don't know. It was delusional to think that he was going to get any Democrats to join the Republicans to elect him speaker, but he was officially a candidate. He was appealing to them. So the right thing to do, Jim Durkin, when you lose is to be gracious. Now, I know you've been a Republican for all these years. You've been influenced by Donnie Trump, who's got to be the worst loser I've ever seen, even though he is the worst loser I've ever seen. Think about that one for D. But uh, yeah, Yeah, mate, listen, Here's the point. They've invested eight years into uh, turning Michael Madigan into the boogeyman. Eight years and a lot of money, a lot of Kenny G's money, a lot of Bruce Rauner's money, and it's an effective tool. Thomas Kilbride, the judge from downstate Illinois, can tell you it's an effective tool. All those Democrats who ran downstate, they can tell you it's an effective tool. Uh, so now the issue is, who will be the next boogeyman? You know, Jimmy Durkin is obvious from his speech yesterday. He's still stuck on Mad Dog. It's going to take him a while to figure it out. My guess is they're going to try to go after Pritzker the way they went after Madigan. All those Pritzker sucks signs throughout the state of Illinois outside of Chicago uh, will probably uh, be a, a sign that there's already an audience for it. Troy LaRabia has joined us. Troy LaRabia has joined us. But I don't know. You guys if, hear me? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. I don't know. Let's just finish this point before we bring the great Troy Lavier on. I don't know if it will be as effective. 
Uh, well, wait a minute. Here we go. Troy, we can hear you loud and clear. Uh, there you go. Uh, anyway, I don't know if it'll be as effective for the Republicans going after Pritzker as it was going after Madigan because Pritzker will fight back. Do you want to take a break, then bring Troy on? Yeah, let's do a quick sound check. Troy, can you hear us? I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. We've been hearing you all along. We uh, <laughs> uh, Yes, indeed. All right, D. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, everybody. That was our local news. Remember, you can find us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. Uh, if you want us to read your voicemail on the show, leave your name and where you're from. Very helpful. And also, you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. It's true. We have a phone number. Is it 773 or 312? No, it's 708. 708- 648-5788. That number again, 708-648-5788. The Ben Jarofsky Show will be right back. We are live from my apartment in Ben's attic. <laughs> 